Hello my friends, welcome back to Gardo Goes Geek. On this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to, this season, um, sort of react to um, news items that are dropping and do reviews that are sort of outside um, the standard, uh, you know, focused episodes that I'm building up for this show. Um because otherwise there's a lot of things I will just never get around to talking about and there's a lot of things I have thoughts on. Um, and so this is the first one of these for 2023 um, where I am going to comment, uh, if you'll join me, on the recently announced, as in announced today, first part of the DC Studios slate under James Gunn and Peter Safran. So hopefully you'll join me as I discuss my thoughts and what these shows might entail. So I'm not planning to make episodes like this as um, as big or as in-depth um, as most of my normal episodes. Um, so I'm going to keep this a bit shorter. Um, but yeah, I just have thoughts on this announced DC Slate. Um, for people who didn't know, James Gunn, and uh, who's director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, famously at Marvel, but also directed The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker for DC, um, as well as the director and screenwriter behind a load of great, very subversive films. Um, it was involved in Slither. He wrote the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake. He worked on... Um, at least one, if not both, of the Scooby-Doo movies in the uh, early 2000s. Yeah, just, just all around seems like a pretty good filmmaker. Um, he, um, along with producer Peter Safran, who I think he had worked with before and had also worked with DC, they were made the new creative heads are, you know, the co-CEOs, almost, of um, DC Studios. And, uh, well, specifically, it was DC Films at first, and then it became all of DC Studios. And this was done under under David Zaslav as a result of the Discovery purchase. Um, and so while I, I already did an episode uh, last year talking about... Um, everything that was happening at Warner Brothers Discovery and how it was affecting the DC EU um, as was and things like that. We we now have an idea of what the plan is. There was a lot of things that have been drip fed over the past few months, um, like the fact that Dwayne Johnson made a huge thing about the fact that Henry Cavill was coming back for Black Adam as Superman, um, despite the fact it was only a, a post-credits sort of teaser Um but and you know that was this huge big thing but then it was later revealed that um not only would henry cavill not be returning full-time as superman but also that dwayne johnson probably wouldn't be returning full-time as black adam um in part because black adam itself had not been very successful and he clashed with um the heads of the dc um well the heads of the old dc films so walter hamada um there was also reports that uh, patty jenkins had left um apparently according to the reports quite uh you know on bad terms um after pitching her idea for wonder woman 3 uh apparently she turned around and uh you know the the rumor was something like she sent them the the definition of what a plot is 
or something like that, or, or character development, something like that, something like the Wikipedia, like, dictionary definition of what this thing was. Um, she was... So, yeah, I, I don't know how accurate any of those reports are, but, yeah, it sounds like it was quite a bit of falling out, um, which is a bit of a shame, because I know Wonder Woman 1984 had very mixed response. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, the fact that Diana solves everything with a conversation, that's very, very Diana um so yeah she she didn't she didn't win by punching a bad guy she won by appealing to them as a person that's what wonder woman is so i was fine with that um and then obviously there's been other cancellations recently even in like the past few weeks um it was obviously it was announced um previously that uh, legends of tomorrow had been uh, and Batwoman had both been cancelled at the CW. Um, Legends of Tomorrow had already cancelled on a cliffhanger. Part of this is apparently due to Warner Brothers not wanting to um, renew the leases on the sets and things like this. Um, and so that was that was quite divisive among fans. And then recently, after yeah, I, I'm not sure if their their fourth seasons have actually aired or if they're about to air. But it's been announced that um, Titans and Doom Patrol are both going to be cancelled after their their current seasons as well. And uh, we already know The Flash is going to be cancelled. Um, I was actually in the middle of recording the Arrowverse episode and was catching back up with that. Um, so that will be following very soon after this. Um, you know, and how that's been affected by everything. Um so, yeah, there's been a lot of things that have changed. So, as it stands now, um, James Gunn has posted a video announcement uh, earlier today on DC Channels talking about uh, Chapter 1 of the new DC Universe. So, it's actually, it's actually being referred to as the DCU, not the DCEU. I am so happy with that. The DCEU is a stupid name. Like, it just is. DC Comics Extended Universe. I know it wasn't something that DC themselves chose, but it's dumb. DC Comic... No, DC Cinematic Universe, DCU, makes way more sense. Um, so, yeah, that's what's happening. Um, he basically confirmed in the video that the, the next four movies are all still going to be important. Shazam is sort of continuing in its own corner. Um, so Shazam Fury of the Gods, which is its own recent trailer drop, which I haven't seen yet. Um, that's still going to be connected. Shazam's still going to play a part in the universe. Um, Flash um, is going to come in and... Um, kind of reset things there's been no word yet on whether Ezra Miller will remain the Flash um in fact James Gunn when asked about it didn't confirm one way or the other he actually said let's see what happens I would be surprised if Ezra Miller stays on as the Flash considering all of the negative press they have had um it is still possible um, and I know that, the, you know, the, the recent leaks have revealed that Ezra Miller is actually playing like three characters in this movie, which is why they couldn't be recast or and the movie couldn't be reshot leading up to its release. Um, but how how important they how vital they will be going forward, I'm not sure. Um, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Flash sequel in, in the aftermath, although hopefully it doesn't take another 10 years to come out. Um, because, you know, I, I like the Flash as a character. I really like the TV version. Um, and I want to like the film version, um, Ezra Miller notwithstanding. Um, you know, the Snyder Cut, one of the things it did best was improve on the Flash as well as improve on Cy Cyborg. Um so that's going to kind of reset the DCU. Then we get in Blue Beetle, who is obviously New Blood and a fan-favourite character. It's the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle. Um, Jaime or Jamie, he is of Hispanic descent, so I think it's Jaime um, rather than Jamie. But um, I've seen a lot of people say it, Jamie, and I'm waiting until the movie to tell me how I meant to say it for that character. Um, you know, I want to see what the character himself goes by. Um but to me at the minute it's Jaime Reyes um so yeah I'm excited to see Blue Beetle I like Blue Beetle um and I like Jaime Reyes from what I have read of the character which admittedly isn't much and then the final movie leading into um whatever comes next is going to be Aquaman 2 now Aquaman 2 has been substantially delayed um and the suggestion from James Gunn was that it's going to be almost kind of retooled um, and is going to lead into whatever comes next um, based on sort of hints that he said in this. And that's quite interesting if that's the case. And if that is the case, that might explain um, Jason Momoa's very recent um, Twitter video where he was very excited for everything that James Gunn had planned. Now, James Gunn's announcement suggested that the plan is to take a unified approach to all of the DC characters where the same actor plays the character no matter what the medium so we're going to be having movies and TV shows which is the first lot of what's been announced but also video games which I thought was very very interesting um because up until now while there have been like tie-in games to films they're never normally considered part of the story. And essentially everything that's going to be coming is going to be part of the DCU, unless it's explicitly marked as Elseworlds. So there are two Elseworlds projects that we know about that are upcoming. Um, the first is obviously Matt Reeves's The Batman Part 2, um, which is due to come out in October 2025. And uh, Todd Phillips's Joker Foyer Deux, um, which is I think due next year, um, unless it's that's also been moved to twenty twenty five. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but the TV shows also include animation, as we'll get to in a minute. In fact, the first um, thing that James Gunn announced was a um, an animated product it was creature commandos now the all of these announcements come with their own key art which i also th thought was very interesting and quite telling um based on the art that was chosen um it might give some hint as to how the stories are going to be approached now the creature commandos picture featured um a uh, human character who I believe is Matthew Shreve, um, slightly older. Um, Frankenstein is there as well. Um, there's also 
a very cartoony character that looks a bit more like Weasel from the Suicide Squad. Um, but I'm, I think that might be meant to be Wolfpack. Um, and then there's a few other characters, some of which, uh, you know, the, the, the Atlantean, the underwater one, I recognise as being um, one of the actual comic book commandos, but the others I don't recognise. Um, although one of them does look like Robot Man. And another one looks like a Bride of Frankenstein type character. Um, which means Medusa, who is one of the Creature Commandos characters that I do know, is absent. Um, Creature Commandos, from what I remember, they're not a big name in the comics, but there are obviously horror DC characters. Frankenstein's probably the most well-known, um, and he was only really added to the team in the New 52. Um, they're more of a, a World War leftover um you know the sort of horror monsters in world war Two, um so we'll see I, I think it's an interesting concept and an interesting pick um in fact a lot of these are quite interesting picks there's a lot of choices here that are not the big names and i kind of like that now the second tv show that was announced um was lanterns now Presumably this is tied to the already existing Green Lantern show that was being worked on by Jeff Johns um, for HBO Max. This has been in development for a while now and I think was originally based on the Green Lantern movie property. I think originally it was announced to star newer Green Lanterns such as Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. That now seems to be out and it seems to be focusing on Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart um, sort of putting them on as like a buddy cop thing where they are guarding precinct earth is is how it was, uh, it was described by James Gunn, which I quite like. Um, and it's basically, they're saying it's going to be a sort of true detective style show. Um, so yeah, police procedural. And it says that the two of them are going to come up against a mystery, which is going to sort of guide this entire chapter of the universe, which is called Gods and Monsters. So, you know, we've already had the monsters with the creature commandos. Um, we're now going to get something else. Also, I love the idea of giving the phase a name because um, that's one thing that the MCU doesn't have. The MCU has phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five, etc. And, um, you know, so far the first three phases are all called the Infinity Saga and the second three phases are all going to be called the Multiverse Saga. But calling it gods and monsters really kind of differentiates it from marvel by saying no this is this is a title and this isn't even the full phase that we're getting now we're getting some of it not all of it which is also very interesting now the third thing that i remember being announced was waller um waller is going to be a show focusing on Viola Davis's character of Amanda Waller. I'm really glad Viola Davis is sticking around as Waller. I think she is brilliant in the role. Um, Viola Davis, like her depiction of Amanda Waller is easily the best thing about the first Suicide Squad movie and still one of the best things about the second one. And the second one already had a ton of great stuff. Um, she's just incredible. She commands the screen when she's on it. And she really does feel like that character um it also suggested it's going to feature the team from peacemaker so presumably that refers to um 
you know, Adebayo and um, Economos and I've forgotten the other one's name and I only watched Peacemaker recently. Um, yeah, it's going to feature them, basically. Um, presumably not Peacemaker and Vigilante. And it's also got... Um, it's being written by Crystal Henry, who worked on Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who's worked on Supernatural. The key art that he's chosen for this features Amanda Waller handcuffed and being led through a prison, which I think is very interesting considering the end of Peacemaker and what Adebayo does there. So it suggests that this is going to be in canon with that, although how well that meshes with Black Adam and her post credit sequence there, I don't know. Um, hell, maybe it's the post credit sequence of Black Adam and the threat she makes on Kandak that leads to, her, leads to her getting arrested. Who knows? Now, one of the more controversial ones, especially among all the Snyder bros on the internet, um, Superman Legacy. This is being written by James Gunn. It's going to hit cinemas um, July 2025. It's going to focus on Superman. They've actually said they're going to balance his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Um, because Superman should feel human, I think. It's also being described as not an origin story. Like, this is Superman. Superman's already established. And I don't think you need Superman's origin story. Superman has the most famous origin story in the history of the medium. Everyone knows who Superman is. You do not need to give the origin of Superman. All you need to do is define Superman. And so I'm interested by this. I'm, I think James Gunn will do a brilliant version of the character. He's already written Brightburn, um, which was a very different version of the character, but I am intrigued to see him do an actual Superman. And the most interesting thing for me in this is that the key art they have chosen is from All-Star Superman. Now, All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly is one of the best depictions of Superman ever. Like, it is the story I would recommend to anyone who says Superman is boring. It is incredible. Just the hope and optimism that Superman has. There's a very famous panel, well, page from it that um, does the rounds occasionally on the internet of um, a depressed teenager at the top of a building on her phone to a therapist and throwing the phone over because she's going to jump. And Superman just appears behind her and talks her down and gives her a hug because he heard her from across the city. It's so beautiful. This, this hope and optimism that Superman has and that he can instill in people... And so if we are getting anything close to that in this, I'm very excited. I'm really curious to see who they cast as Superman. To me, that's going to be the most important thing. Um, you know, I, how if it follows All-Star Superman and they get a good actor to play the character, I'm down. Um, I think they are. They have said they're casting younger than Henry Cavill. That's that's one reason why Henry Cavill was out. But yeah, I just want someone full of hope and optimism to play Superman. That's all I want. In fact, one of the things going back and watching the Arrowverse recently, 
especially Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know, made me reappraise Brandon Ralph so as as Superman because he's just brilliant in that, just hope and optimism and everything like that. So yeah, more Superman that's just hopeful. Now the next big film annou- announcement was um, the Brave and the Bold. The Brave and the Bold is going to be the DCU's Batman story. Now this is going to introduce Batman. And Damian Wayne as Robin. Damian Wayne is Batman's son. Um, James Gunn said he is his favourite Robin. He's not my favourite Robin. My favourite Robin is still Tim Drake, who has never had a live-action appearance, I don't think. I think he's due to appear in Titans Season 4, but at the minute does not have a live-action appearance, I don't think. Um, So I'd really like to see that version of Robin before Damian, ideally, but I understand where they're going with it. Um, Damien is the son of Batman and Talia al Ghul, so he has been raised by the League of Assassin. He's a child assassin, and Batman tries to bring him back to the light. Um, it's inspired quite heavily by the comics of Grant Morrison, Batman and Son. Um, and so, you know, I read those a long time ago. I, I don't know... If I ever finished all of Grant Morrison's run, it was quite lengthy, but I do remember enjoying quite a lot of it. Damien took a while to grow on me as a character, and he's not... He's definitely improved in recent years, but I didn't like him at first. I think, as well, if if they're going for a child actor, they need to get someone good. Um, And then, obviously, the issue there is... Children grow up. There's a lot of time in between movies. Um, You're already going to be casting someone who's going to be already a couple of years older than the character they're playing because that's just the nature of Hollywood. Um, You know, characters grow... You know, actors grow up quickly. And so this is going to be a Damien that we see grow up alongside Batman. So that's going to be interesting. Like, this Damien can't stay a kid. It's just functionally impossible. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next big announcement, I believe, was Booster Gold. Booster Gold is a, a character from the future who comes back to pretend to be a superhero in the present day. Um, he's, again, a great character. Um, Smallville actually did a very good version of Booster Gold. He only appeared in one episode, but he was he was quite good. Um, and he also appeared with uh, Jaime Reyes in that as well, so... Um, it could be interesting to see the two of them team up in the future. Um, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle have quite a strong connection in the comics. And this is going to be a series, um, which I think is is interesting. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm eager to see what they do with that. Um, it's like with, with Creature Commandos, how they said it's going to be animated, but they're going to get characters who can play themselves both in voice and in live action. Um, suggesting that the Creature Commandos characters are going to appear in live action as well. Um, and so this is the prospect now with, with Booster Gold. We're going to be getting a Blue Beetle movie. We might also be getting Blue Beetle in Booster Gold, or we might get some other characters in Booster Gold as well, um, which could be very interesting. I'm, I'm down for this. Um, the next big announcement was The Authority, now, The Authority, I've don't think I've read all the way through. I'm not a huge fan of Warren Ellis 
in general, and I know he wrote The Authority, um, whether he originated it or not, I know he was definitely part of the biggest run on the characters, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, from what I understand of The Authority, they're basically superheroes who think they can rule the world and run it better. Um, and, you know, as it started under Wildstorm, which was part of Image Comics, it was the, the brand under Image Comics that was owned by Jim Lee, um, they are basically Justice League allegories. So um, the two main characters that I'm aware of in The Authority are Apollo and Midnighter, who are a gay couple, which I think is great, and I'm down for that representation. Um, but Apollo and Midnighter are basically Superman and Batman. Um, and they lead the authority. In the comics recently, um, the under the New 52, the authority have also been joined by characters like Superman and the Martian Manhunter. But the key art that was chosen here was uh, one from the original authority books under Wildstorm. Now, I like the, the expanding to include characters from Wildstorm and hopefully characters from Icon in the future as well. Uh, not Icon, Icon is the character from Milestone Comics, um, both of which are owned by DC in, in the same way that we've got characters from other brands that DC have purchased, um, you know, in Blue Beetle and Shazam. But... I don't know. I'm not sure I would have started with the authority. I probably would have, you know, if I was going to introduce a character from Wildstorm, um, one that I know a bit better is probably a character like Grifter, um, who would work as kind of a, a street level, low budget hero for a series. I think that could be a more interesting one, but you know, I'm not the one making these decisions. I also probably would have gone for a milestone character like Static, who probably has a bit more name recognition, and used him um, as sort of the first introduction to a non-DC character. But again, that's just me. You know, this is why as proud as I am with my thought experiment that I did in last year um, for the DCU, I'm not the one being paid to make these decisions. So... Now, there's only really um, three big projects left to discuss, so let's move on to them. Um, the next is a TV series called Paradise Lost. Now, I'm not sure if that is a reference um, to any particular previous DCEU series. Um, it's referring to Paradise Island. Um which is obviously the island of Themyscira, the home of the Amazons. And it's being described as a Game of Thrones type story. Um, but it's also being said to take place before Diana's birth. So this is a story in the past. And to me, the only reason to set a story that far back is probably to establish a history for this new DCU and presumably the the threat that's going to be present throughout the modern day storylines is going to be connected to that. And so that's what I'm thinking is probably going to be the case. Um, I should say as well that, you know, that this has been described as Game of Thrones-like. They haven't really talked about ratings for any of this. 
Um, but they have said that they're not ruling out anything being R-rated. Um, James Gunn actually said, you know, it depends on the story. We're going to give every story what it deserves. So some things uh, like Superman, for example, are definitely going to be PG-13. Um, I'm going to make sure that it is, whereas something like Waller is obviously much more mature. And that tracks, that makes perfect sense. There's also, in, in none of these announcements, is there sequels for anything outstanding. Like, um, there's no word on an Aquaman 3, there's no word on a Flash 2, a Blue Beetle 2, um, a sequel for any of these projects that are upcoming, or a second season for any of these projects that are upcoming. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see if this... I mean, it's a very loose schedule. This is more a plan. The only thing that we have a concrete date for is Batman Part 2 and Superman Legacy. Um, but it's kind of interesting to see, and obviously the films that are coming out this year, but it'd be interesting to see if... You know, if plans change, if things get moved around, because... One of the things Marvel has done is shift the schedule to add a sequel to something. They've done that several times. Um, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, for example, was added in off of the success of Ant-Man. Um, Shang-Chi is apparently planned to get a sequel before Kang Dynasty. So, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the last two projects, the um, the final series that has been announced... Oh, no, sorry. Paradise Lost was the final series that has been announced. The, fi uh, the, the penultimate film that has been announced is Swamp Thing. Now, Swamp Thing is a character who I haven't read much of. Um, I know of him. He's been in, like, stories that I've read, and, you know, I'm aware of what his place is in the DC universe. Like, he's he's linked to the green, which is, like, this this elemental force of nature. Um, but at the same time, Swamp Thing is a character I know very little about. I do want to watch the recent Swamp Thing show from Amazon Prime. I've heard that was very good, um, but I've not actually got around to watching that. At least, is it from Amazon Prime? It won't be. It'll be from HBO Max, but it's on Amazon Prime here in the UK. Um, I know it got cancelled because the director kind of blew the budget building a real swamp. Um, <laughs> but um, I've heard it's very, very good. Um, despite the fact it only had one season and supposedly a pretty good introduction to the character. So I do want to see that. Um, but yeah, this film is apparently going to investigate his sort of dark origins. And so from what I understand, this is this is going to be one that's kind of important to the, the ongoing mythos that DC is creating. Now, Swamp Thing is a character that has had movies before. And obviously he has had a series before, like I said. He has some sort of brand and name recognition. Um, but I think how well this is going to land depends on the tone they're going to take with it. I think if they, if they do this as a more horror story, it will offer something very different to standard superhero fare that will get people interested. Um, but I think it's a risky one. Um, but you know, I think DC could possibly do it. And then the final film, um, and this one we have 
an actual confirmation of the series that is inspiring it. Um, it's been specifically linked to a specific comic book storyline, which is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which is based on Tom King and Bilquis Everly's uh, quite recent comic series. Uh, I believe it came out last year. And this is going to present a more... It's like a super Supergirl with survivor's guilt is uh, is how I, the impression I got from what James Gunn was describing. Um, she, you know, she's living on a chunk of Krypton and everyone that she knows kind of she's watched them die. And it's like, that's an interesting tone. <sighs> on one hand, I'm curious whether this is going to be Sasha Callie's Supergirl um you know obviously she was cast for the flash um she was very excited to have been cast for the flash and you know it was like leslie grace as batgirl it's like they were both so happy to be cast and and be the prospective future of the dcmc uh, of the dcu that i was kind of excited to see them but it doesn't seem like this is going to be the Supergirl that we get um, based on everything I've heard of Supergirl's role in The Flash. But hey-ho, um, you know, it, it it is what it is. I think, you know, Tom King, I've read his vision work, um, his vision work, his work on vision for Marvel, and that was fantastic. I've read a couple of his other comics, um, which I've quite enjoyed. But then he also wrote Heroes in Crisis, which I thought was absolute trash. So, you know, if his work on Supergirl is more, is closer to his work on Vision, where it's sort of a darker character study, I think that could make a brilliant movie. Um, and it's clear that Supergirl and Superman are going to be sort of anchoring what's going forward in the films, at least. One character who's quite notable by her omission is Wonder Woman. Now, there are others as well that uh, were rumoured and haven't been announced. You know, Green Arrow has been planned to get a movie forever. Journey Smollett was supposed to be reprising her role as Black Canary um, in, you know, from Birds of Prey, either in a Black Canary solo or something else. Um, but... And then, like I said, there's there's no word on any sequels for any of the other things. Um, or even, like, Peacemaker Season 2, which I thought would be an absolute shoo-in. Um, however, one of the big characters notable by her mission is Wonder Woman. Now, if you remember back to what I said earlier, James Gunn said this was going to include gaming. Wonder Woman does have a video game coming out. It was announced at i believe it was e3 last year it might have even been the video game awards the year before um and it's going to be in fact i think it was i think it was either e3 2021 or video game awards 2021 um because i was still working in retail when i saw the announcement and it's yeah it's going to be coming out and it's going to be done by monolith games sorry monolith productions i should say they are a subsidiary of Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, and they're very famous for their work on Middle-earth, so Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, where they actually own the patent for the Nemesis system, 
um, despite the the terrible steps that um, Shadow of War took with that, where it um, implemented a lot of microtransactions and loot boxes and horrible mechanics that kind of left the Nemesis system feeling a bit broken. The Nemesis system itself is a very, very good system. Um, where basically, for anyone who doesn't know, anyone who isn't a gamer, you essentially, in those games, you played a character, you were fighting your way across Mordor, you could influence the orcs around you. You could kill their leaders and then someone would rise up and take their place. You could, um, you know, an, an enemy that defeated you would then become your nemesis or you could build another nemesis up by, um, you know, removing someone high value and replacing them with someone useless. Um, and it was essentially an advanced AI system for the enemies. Um, where they could sort of grow and change and learn um, based on your behaviour as a player. And, you know, I, it's one I, I've not got around to playing that game, but I have seen it in action. It's very, very cool. Um, and if they implement that into Wonder Woman, that could be very interesting. But also, like I said, what was said earlier, where they're going to focus on these characters in gaming as well, if the Wonder Woman game becomes how we are going to be introduced to the DCU's Wonder Woman, maybe she'll be voiced by Gal Gadot. Maybe she'll be voiced by a new actress. Or maybe none of that will apply and it will actually be an Elseworlds title. Either way, that Wonder Woman game has now become a lot more interesting to me than it was before. Uh, all we had before was a small CGI teaser trailer. Whereas now it has the potential to be part of the DC universe. Like the DC cinematic universe. And that becomes quite interesting. And, you know, there's also the possibility for more animation. More... Um, you know, DC's been doing straight-to-video animated movies for a while now. Um, and they recently, they, they tied them into a whole universe. They adapted some fan-favorite comic book storylines. And then they rebooted the universe they, had, they, they were in. And now they're doing some new ones. And, you know, all of this now has potential to be part of the same thing. Which is great. There are risks involved, though. There are a lot of characters that are missing. <laughs> for for lack of a better term, just missing. Um, you know, the Teen Titans, who have recently graduated in the comics to take the role of the Justice League. Although I should say it's the Titans, not the Teen Titans. But essentially in the comics, for anyone who doesn't know um, current DC Comics... The Justice League are dead or disbanded um, as a result of the, the latest story that's ongoing. And um, I think they're disbanded rather than dead. And they're going to be replaced by the Titans. And the Titans in this is Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg, Donna Troy, who is Wonder Girl, and uh, Wally West, who is The Flash. And they're going to be replacing the Justice League. But none of the Titans characters are in this. Now, Nightwing has been rumoured to be getting a movie for a long time. 
so I think it is likely we will probably see Nightwing at some point, and I really hope we do, because I bloody love Nightwing. <laughs> Nightwing, to me, is one of the best characters DC own. Um, and, you know, my second favourite Robin. You know, I love I love him as Nightwing, as Dick Grayson, as what the character evolved into. I don't necessarily love him as Robin. Tim Drake I love as Robin. And I really hope we get Tim Drake as well. In fact, I do think Tim Drake should appear in uh, the Batman Part 2, perhaps, as his Robin. Um, but either way, Batman always needs a Robin, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know... It's the Cape Crusader and the Boy Wonder, and it always has been since, like, 1940. Robin predates the Joker. Give Batman Robin. Um, I'm going off topic. <laughs> but, you know, when it, when a character characters like the Titans and Nightwing or Black Canary or Green Arrow or, you know, so many others that have been trending on Twitter all day... You know, I've seen ca characters like Vixen have been trending because people want Vixen or, or Static, like I mentioned earlier. And, and you know, this is another possible issue with this, is that maybe this is all a bit white. Like, hopefully the casting might change that um, because one of the, the great things about the DCEU or the Snyderverse as it was originally set up Zack Snyder cast um you know actors you wouldn't think of in roles you know like you know Cyborg was front and centre of his Justice League um we had uh you know Jason Momoa you know Jason Momoa a proud Polynesian actor as Aquaman, who is a character in the comics who is, you know, another Aryan milquetoast protagonist because a lot of the characters created in the 30s and 40s were. You know, all these blonde-haired, blue-eyed um, heroes because that was what was considered heroic at the time. Like, this is the reason why the Nazis latched onto that ideal. You do realise this is because that was what was considered heroic. It's why Captain America is blonde with blue eyes as well. Um, you know, a lot of... There's a lot of white, blonde protagonists in the 30s, 40s, 50s, even into the 60s. Um, and yeah, Aquaman's one of them. Um, and so having... having you know an actor that isn't that was very cool very very cool love that so yeah i i probably would have included some of the more recognizable characters but i am curious into what dc are planning here um it's also recently broke as well i should just say that um Peter Safran has also made a statement today. I, I don't know if they were being interviewed together or, or, or what, um, but Safran seems to have been the one unleashed by DC to uh, fall on the sword that, that Batgirl was not releasable. Um, you know, and this this decision that David Zaslav, our new boss, made was completely the right one. Uh, you know, he said... Um, 
His quote is, Batgirl was not releasable. I actually think that David Zaslav and the team made a very bold and courageous decision to cancel it because it would have hurt DC. Now, I disagree with that based on what I've seen from Batgirl. There has been a lot of um, production shots that have made their way online recently, including the second costume the character would have gotten, one of the stunt sequences... It looked interesting. I, I was very excited for it. And I think no matter what the state of that film, it would not have been the worst thing that DC have released in the last decade <laughs> since Man of Steel. Um, you know, DC has had a lot of bizarre things that have bizarre adaptations of their characters like Jared Leto's Joker or Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor um, who again I, I, I've said before I don't think was an element of bad casting uh, necessarily but I think was definitely an example of very bad execution um, and bad direction bad script writing um, for Lex Luthor I think the worst that Batgirl would have possibly been would have been a New Mutants level thing where it would have released and everyone gone, yeah, it's okay. Not, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's, uh, it's okay. Which was what it was aiming for anyway. <laughs> you know, it wasn't building itself up to be this new big huge thing like Black Adam was. There was no big hype around it. It was just... It was expected to release. It was expected to be on HBO Max. It was going to be a mid-budget movie, not going to make a huge amount of money. And from everything I've heard about it, that's basically what it would have been. So like I said, it would if, if the general reaction had been everyone going, yeah, it's all right. You know, it was worth a watch. Is that really the worst thing in the world? Like I said, that would have made it comparable to New Mutants. When I watched New Mutants, it wasn't great. And I think the, the but it also wasn't bad. I had a decent time watching it. Um, you know, it's not as bad as something like Morbius, which I still enjoyed in in but in a hilariously bad way. Um, but like, I still enjoyed Morbius while also recognizing it was terrible. Um, whereas New Mutants, I was like, this isn't terrible, but it's not good. Um, and I still think Batgirl would have been better than that. <laughs> you know, Batgirl would have probably been more sort of... Eh, it's okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. It would, have, it would have been a solo. It would have been a solo, a Star Wars story, where everyone just kind of goes, yeah, it's good. It's worth a watch. You know, if there's nothing else on, it's it's all right. It's worth a watch. It's not the next big thing, but... Yeah. You know, the whole reason... I've said before, the whole reason New Mutants got... The rap it did, I think, was because it was one of the last X-Men movies. Maybe that would have happened with Batgirl if it had been one of the last DC movies, but who knows. But yeah, in, in short, I'm very intrigued by everything that we have here. We are looking at a unified DC slate. We are looking at everything telling part of the same story. Um... And like I said, we've only got half of it so far, or part of the Gods and Monsters chapter. Now, will audiences start to balk at all this stuff soon? You know, this this interconnectivity, this 
fandom fatigue. I think that all depends on how well it's handled. Um, I was actually saying to my wife earlier, uh, to Lula, that <sighs> one of the things I think Marvel has done quite well, there's one example I can think of where it's done badly, and I will mention that. But the one thing I think Marvel have done quite well is that for the most part, you do not need to watch anything previous to enjoy whatever you are currently watching, right? Because everything you need to know about these characters will be told to you as part of the storyline. You will get a sense for who these characters are, what their relationships are to each other, what history you have missed, okay? The only, only example where I can think of where this was done badly is Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse of Madness, I do not think, makes as much sense if you have not seen WandaVision. And even then, because WandaVision was cut short due to COVID, there were reshoots that were planned in the final episode that weren't completed, and obviously there were there were all these reshoots and script changes and everything happening during the filming of Multiverse of Madness as well. There's bits that are missing there. There's bits of explanation that are missing. I think they could have resolved it if they'd done like um you know a flashback similar to Captain America's in the first Avengers film. Uh in the first Avengers film, the scene where we get introduced to Captain America where he's he's hitting that punching bag and we get a flashback to him saying goodbye to Peggy. I think if we'd had that and kind of something similar to that, like Wanda getting some sort of mind flashback um, to the events of Westview, like, you know, creating the vision, saying goodbye to him, losing her family, you know, the kids, all that. If we'd have got that in Multiverse of Madness, it would have made a lot more sense to people who hadn't seen WandaVision. And I think provided DC does that with whatever they are planning, if, if they bring in... Um, you know, one of the creature commandos or, um, or, or, you know, Blue Beetle or Flash, say, um, into a new movie, they have to introduce them to the audience again, almost. They can't rely on prior knowledge. And that has been a big failing with DC's properties so far. The one example where DC has done this well, I think, is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad features a lot of development on the characters that return. Um, and obviously, for some characters like Harley Quinn, there's been a lot of character development that's happened in another movie. And when Harley Quinn comes into James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, we are reintroduced to her. And the development that she has gone through is explained to us. Like when she kills the the Generalissimo guy. You know, she kills him and makes reference to the Joker. Um, you know, her her friendship with Boomerang, where he comes in and says, what are you doing back in prison? And, you know, she mentioned, you know, which is a reference to the fact that she was out of prison uh, at the end of The Last Suicide Squad and in Birds of Prey. But obviously she was still a wanted woman. You know, it's... I think he did a good job of catching people up to that. And even in, say, Peacemaker, 
if you watch Peacemaker without watching The Suicide Squad, you still know everything you need to know about the characters that reappear. You are told, you are given flashbacks. It tells you everything you need to know. And that also needs to happen with all of this going forward. Like, for example, Wonder Woman. If the Wonder Woman game does turn out to be a part of this, or if any other game turns out to be a part of this, gaming is a niche thing. Not everyone who watches films or watches TV shows plays the games. A lot of people won't watch an animation. So something like Creature Commandos being animated is going to turn a lot of people off. Doesn't matter, you know, the hardcore fan base will still watch it. People like me will still watch it. But a lot of your general audience won't. So you're going to have to, if you want to bring those characters into live action, if you want to tie them into the meta plot, if you want to bring in the Wonder Woman from the game or anything like that, it has to be explained. Each story has to stand on its own merit, be a good cohesive storyline that introduces all of its characters and develops their role in the story in a way that a fresh audience coming in to just that movie can understand and i trust james gunn to do that well based on his prior work but that to me is where this dcu is either going to stand or fall because this slate they've announced, while it's promising and I'm excited for it, it's risky. And I hope that risk gets rewarded, but we'll see. So yeah, that's my thoughts on the new DC Cinematic Universe announcements. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening um i'd love to know what everyone's thoughts out there are if you're as excited for these as i am if you're curious if you're nervously optimistic or if you're just done with this whole superhero nonsense um especially dc if there's, there's you know is there a favorite character that that is missing and you're gonna rage until that character reappears um i'd love to know um so you can reach out to me in all the usual places um all the links will be up in a minute um you know the link tree the discord you can commission me now um if there's anything that i haven't talked about that you really like me to talk about you can other than that um all the rest of the episodes that i still have planned are coming um i have been teasing them on my facebook page um which you can also follow if you want um but you will get bombarded with nonsense because I do post a lot on Facebook, not just about my podcast. Um, Facebook is one of my outlets, and I use it a lot more than I use something like Twitter nowadays. Um, So, yeah. But in the meantime, you all look after yourselves, take care of yourselves, look after your your well-being, physical and mental well-being, as best as you can, and enjoy the little things, whatever that is. Take care now, guys. Until the next time. Thank you, my friends, for once again joining me on Gardo Goes Geek. Your continued support for this podcast means the absolute world to me. 
and I am grateful for every single one of you who stays and listens to one of my episodes. It means the absolute world. Now, if you would like to engage more with me or the podcast, we have a Discord community, small but growing, and and we now have commissions open on Ko-Fi. So if there's a topic you would like to see me cover, you can pay me to cover it. All funds will be used for legal purchase of the relevant items where I do not have them. Have a look on the link tree for more information. Until next time, look after yourselves. Thank you.